A shadow falls across Marianne's shoulders. Her toes curl on the cool decking and a shiver crawls down her back. Compared to her hackney flat, Noah's Richmond townhouse is a mansion, but it's this tiny, chilly garden that she loves the most. Walled on all sides and invisible to the neighbours, it's crammed with an ornate cherry blossom tree planted by his late wife that leaves just enough room for a wooden bench. She tucks into its corner, lighting her cigarette and looking up at the bare branches. When Marianne first sat out here a few months ago, shaking with guilt and exhilaration after their first night together, the tree was alive with pink blossoms. This morning, she had to brush the dead flowers away. Subtle waves of old petals bunched up like little fists. As she drags the last lungful of smoke, she allows herself the briefest memory of her and Greg's last weekend together. Tea, toast, the observer. No cigarettes, no terrace, nothing new to learn about each other. And no easy chat, no peals of laughter, not like it had been. But under the silence there was still deep affection, a foundation into which they both poured years of love and respect. On the Sunday, they'd eaten a roast dinner, cooked, as always, by Greg. In their early years, he'd cooked so joyfully and she'd eaten so gratefully. But that last time, had she even thanked him? She can still picture him in their flat, making pastry on Monday evenings. It was a ritual, a leftovers pie made from whatever they hadn't finished of the Sunday roast. Then what was left of the pie, always too big for two, sliced and frozen. So many Mondays, so many pies that the image is sepia, archetypal rather than specific. But in her most abiding memories of Greg, there he is in their tiny kitchen, flour clinging to his eyebrows and beard, his wedding ring set carefully to the side while he kneads. She goes inside to find Noah in his kitchen, drinking a protein shake while the coffee pot sits full and steaming for her. Okay? He asks over his shoulder, lifting a cup down from the cupboard. She nods, then shakes her head, then pads over to hug him from behind. She feels his muscles contract as he pours her a coffee, precise little movements still new to her. They stay in silence until Noah swallows to break it. It sounds like a cliché, he says carefully, but the first anniversary really is the hardest. She leans into him more, and he carries on softly. It's not that it ever gets easy, but it does get better. She holds him tighter, grateful for the shorthand of the bereaved, no need to add or explain. Unsure she really could. According to the kitchen clock, it's just gone 11.30, almost to the minute that a call came through this time last year. Marianne Haywood? Yes? Who's calling? I'm a sergeant with the Metropolitan Police. Do you have someone with you? She thought her heart would collapse in on itself, right there on the floor of the staff room. A year ago today, and already her arms have slipped around another man. Last year she thought she'd never be ready. And yet these last months, the more time she spent here the more she started to picture a whole new life ahead of her. Her things nestling next to Noah's, new routines, a bedrock of in-jokes and references and memories it took years to build with Greg, is now in its glorious infancy with Noah. But today, she can't think about that.
today belongs to Greg. Marianne leaves in the late afternoon before Noah's daughter Daisy gets home. For all Marianne's growing hopes, it's early days for all of them, and she is yet to meet his five-year-old. It's made easier by her maternal grandparents' desperation not to lose their only grandchild as well as their daughter. Daisy stays with them every Friday at least, while Noah and Marianne pretend they're unencumbered lovers, feeling their way in their own time. I wasn't ready for anyone new until you, Noah said, the very first Friday that she stayed over. Neither was I, Marianne replied, choosing an easy lie instead of a complex truth. Now, in the dimming light, Marianne sees her whisked-up reflection in the black curves of her little car. Her curly brown hair hangs wild and unbrushed. Her blue eyes shine back, new lines feathering their edges. Even her leather jacket is battered and scuffed. She licks her finger and wipes the tide marks from under her eyes, then fumbles for her car key. The front door reopens and Noah jogs over on the balls of his socked feet. He has a good foot of height over her. His shoulders are probably a foot wider, too. A bear of a man. He hugs her tightly, and Marianne feels his heart booming through his thin T-shirt. So very alive. I'm here if you need me, he says, releasing her and heading back inside. But I won't pester you. <laughs>